Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. So glad you're here. For those of you that don't know, we are the Kraft family. And uh, uh, Josh, I want to just show everybody the table. Um, this, is a, this is the table that my kids grew up at. Uh, this is the table that we ate breakfast at. Uh, anytime we ate together, anytime we had family meetings, um, we got together on this. And so Josh, since it's turned the wrong way, we're going to grab it this way. You're going to grab right here on that side. And we're going to get, I'm going to go this way. And you're going to turn it this way. There we go. And then grab it right here like this, just like I am. And then let's show them. So this is, uh, Pastor Sheila hand stenciled this back in the early 90s. Little Mary Bright, for those of you that remember that interior design motif. And then in the middle of the table is our family mission statement, don't allow the good to be robber of the best. And so this is what our kids grew up at and uh, sitting at, thank you. And I just wanted to show you all that. So thank you, son. Swap seats. You're over here. Woo! All right. Well, I, I have to say that uh, this weekend, especially if you're a guest with us, thank you so much. This is not our typical uh, style where our whole family teaches together, but, uh, but we are doing it for this week and next week. And I'm very excited about it because we're going to get real and talk about family stuff in our family talk. And, um, and I want to talk to you today, or we want to talk to you today about family, what I'm calling fun dementals. Because if you have fun in your family, you won't be demental. And so we're going we're gonna to discuss that just a little bit. But, um, but before I jump in, let me just say that, um, that to me, for me, this, this is my favorite, having everybody up here and having you guys share with them because all those pictures, like when I look back there, Sheila, I like that hat, girl, with my mullet right, right behind your hat. I got my own hat on. And, uh, but I, I can look back at those pictures and I can remember when those pictures were taken, where those pictures were taken, um, and uh, just a lot of great, wonderful memories. And, and we're not up here, let me just say this up front, because we're a perfect family. We're not up here because we want to say to you, we want to be your example for family. Uh, we're up here because we hopefully on this journey that God has called us to be on, that some of how we've done family can help you. And that's our heart. And, uh, you know, church, anytime you come to be a part of a church, uh, and I can't speak for every church, but I'll speak for our church. Uh, we are a family. You are a family of choice. And our desire is that regardless of what's happened in your family of origin, I believe that when we come to the house of God, when we gather together with the people of God, that God calls us the household of faith, that we're a household full of believers, believe in this word, believe in God's way of doing things. And this is our guide and this is our book that I believe that, that, that this family is a second chance, third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance, as many chances as you need to do family God's way. 
And so that's why it's, it's small groups weekend. They can sign up for small groups out in the lobby because we want to, we, we're, we're a large family. And so we want you getting plugged in and we want you to do family together. Well, I think too, because, uh, for some of us, we're in the process, like I'm, I have a 10 month old baby and in the process of establishing a family of origin on some level. Um, I'm really grateful that Courtney wasn't my sister. That would be really weird for everyone around us. If we had gotten married and we were related somehow, um, I'm grateful that that didn't happen because that's the model of family of choice versus family of origin. And sometimes we can get so hung up on, and you'll hear this said a lot in our church, Sometimes we can get so hung up on family of origin and the people that I was around and the people that I was raised with and all of that that we miss the power of family of choice because one of the most significant choices that we make is the person that we marry and who we do life with. And that, we believe as a church, is a model of family of choice. And what we wanted to do, I think, in doing this and in talking, even as a family and even in my mind, is what we want to do is show you on a level how we maybe have navigated relationship dynamics between us, not just now, because now it's more, than, it's more than family of origin for us. I think that we all choose each other. Um, I'm the only, we're all entering our 30s. I'm in my 30s. Keela's soon to be there. Whitney's a little bit behind the rest of us. But, but we're all adults now, and we don't have to be around each other. Like, we don't have to go on vacations together. We don't have to have fun with each other. But we choose to do life together. And so uh, we, we think that, and one, one of the leadershipologies you're going to hear here as well, is that God wants us to understand the plan and follow the pattern so that we can receive a promise. And what, God's, what God establishes in his word and through the life that, that people that went before us have lived, whether it's Jesus Abraham, Moses, Joseph, whoever. What he established was that he's had a plan from the very beginning, and he has patterns that he wants us to follow. And like my dad said, it's not that we're the pattern, but biblically God works in the context of family, whether those families be family of origin or family of choice. And biblically God wants to work in the context of family, and there's some patterns that we can put in place that really help us to ex- get to experience the promise. Because I think in, you know, as a son, in our family, uh, it's not perfect, and Things aren't really great all the time. A lot of times we, we enjoy being around each other. Uh, there's a lot of other times where we speak that into existence that we enjoy being around each other. And, and we're, we're constantly on this journey of getting better at being, at being family of choice and talking through our relationship dynamics. And I think that's what we talked about because you know, we, want to, we want to be real and we want to be honest. And I think that sometimes people have a, a different perspective even on our own the five of us and now, now our, our husbands and wives as well, but the five of us and what our, and what our dynamic is, yeah. we love to fight. Like we love to argue well, and... <laughs> I don't think we love that, but you know what? One thing I will say is that... Oh, you know, I'm that, just saying based on how much that we do it. Yeah. It's like if you, if you base something so on how much you do deal. it, it shows how much you like to do it. Based on how much we do it, we would definitely love <laughs> to fight. So, so we just got back from a family vacation and before we went on the family vacation, I called a family gathering. Yes. And so we had about a five-hour meeting. So our family vacation would go well. <laughs> and it went well. So yes, it was yes, power, it was we perfect. had a great time. But you know, in that, because we're not perfected, because we've not arrived, even, even though Pastor Keith and I have raised our children and we've sent them to their spouses, we're still doing life together. We want to do life together. So in our lives, from the time our kids were little, we tried to create this culture of lifelong learning. That we didn't have an expectation that 
at, when they turn 18 that they should have already arrived. Because I don't want anybody to put that expectation on me because I'm always going to have new experiences, new things that happen in my life, new challenges. So I always need to be thinking about my own personal growth and development. How can I be better? Pastor Keith has, all, has modeled that for us, even as a church. He's, uh, he's always talking to you guys about how he wants to live a lifetime of just learning and growing from others, people that he has mentors in his life. A lot of those mentors are even from a distance or from the books that he reads, from the, his vast library that he has. He's always got some type of book in his hand, somebody he's quoting, and more than anything, he's going to the Word of God. But then there's books that it's like, how can I learn in, in this particular area? How can I be a better leader? How can I be a better dad? How can I be a better husband? It's just that constant thought process, which we want to help you with that. That's the family that we've tried to create. But in that, we look in the word of God and we see that it is Jesus's life. From the time he was young, he was 12 years old when he was in the temple. Well, it says in Luke 2:52 that Jesus grew in wisdom he grew in stature. He grew in favor with man and with God and with man. When we look at that, those are, those are four different areas that Jesus grew in was when he grew in wisdom, he grew in his intellect. That's how we need to be growing intellectually. We need to always be growing. He grew in stature. He grew from the time he was 12 in the temple. He grew up, right? He grew in, up in his physical body. We see that in our own lives too. He grew in his wisdom with God. That is wisdom with God. For us, we want to grow in our wisdom with God. That's spiritually. We want to grow spiritually. We want to be more than today, more tomorrow than we are today. We want to be growing. That's why we come to the house of God. That's why we worship together. That's why we do small groups together. That's why we have freedom ministry for you so you can grow spiritually and then grew in favor with man. That's in our own lives, in our own just social growth. We need that with each other. We need to learn how to grow socially with each other and also in our families. So just by way of introduction for those of you that don't know, and then I'm gonna just put a little commentary on it. First of all, Pastor Sheila, she's not just uh, my wife, she's not just the pastor's wife, but she actually co-leads this church with me. So her official title is co-pastor. And for those of you that don't know that, that's our model here. Um, and then we've got Josh. Josh, uh, until about two years ago, uh, was not over anything, but in everything. And so I said, Josh, you don't have a, you don't have a, a title, really. Your job is to help everybody in every area of our church, which we employ about 100 people. And so different departments in different areas and, and him growing and learning from the creative area to our youth, to our young adults. To, so he, didn't, he did not have a position until about two years ago, and he's still transitioning into that position to become my lead associate because in the future, he'll be the pastor here. And so it's going to be awesome. So, um, so again, my, my goal as a parent is the same goal you're, you have as a parent, and that is to, to live our lives in such a way that we, that we help in every way we can for our children to not just become adults, but to help them grow and develop in their areas of strengths and to, to contribute to society and to build the kingdom of God. So, so, uh, so Josh currently helps lead our staff. Then Keela uh, is our middle child, half Keith, half Sheila, Keela. And, uh, and Keela is over our internship program. And you saw the, the advertisement, thank you. 
uh, to the interns, but you saw our advertisement. I think that's one of the greatest ministries of our church, and I would just encourage you as a parent to really even consider that with your child, just to, for a year before they go off to uh, Duke or Purdue or uh, another, uh, you know, Ivy League school of such, like Yale or I know Josh. I, knew, I was setting that up. That's why I turned to Josh because I knew he was going to say neither one of those are Ivy League church so, uh, uh, schools. That's why I was saying Yale and Harvard, uh, Josh. So I knew what was coming when I said that. So anyway, uh, we know each other pretty well. And uh, thank you for correcting me and helping me be better, although I didn't need correction in that moment. So, uh, so Akila is over that internship. And all I can tell you is that there's no, in my opinion, there's no greater preparation for your child's life and future, regardless of what they choose to do, than to come through our Leadership Institute and, uh, and to be trained there. So again, it's accredited. It's something to really consider. This weekend is the last weekend for signups for this, this next trimester, would that be right? So I encourage you just to check that out. And then, uh, and then Whitney is, her and her husband Clay helped to oversee our creative area and our, our worship, of course. And so they do a great job. And so she's, Whitney clept out of high school. How old were you? When she was 16, she goes, look, if I can take a test and just pass and get out, can I? We said, yeah. So she did, and she got out. So uh, by the time she was 16, she was traveling all over America with me, uh, singing uh, in these big leadership events I was doing everywhere from American Airlines Center to different places all across the country. And uh, so she's been groomed to do what she does. And even though she's young, uh, she's a great leader. And so I share that because here's, thank you. I share that because... I want to just give you a commentary. I want to, you know, help you understand what everybody here does. But I, I wanted to give you a commentary because in corporate America, which I, I corporate, corporately coach people um, as well, uh, nepotism is frowned upon. It's like, oh, you know, you know, families shouldn't work together. Like, who started that rule? Who made that rule? Let me tell you why people made that rule. Because it doesn't work. And because there's entitlement. And because there's a lot of reasons why, well, families shouldn't work together. But let me tell you what this book is full of, families that work together and families that do kingdom together. And that's what we're striving to model here. I didn't hold a gun to any one of their heads and say, you're going to work for me. You know? But it's one thing, by the way, to raise children. It's another thing to be their boss. Like if you want to have a whole nother level of pain, just try to employ your children. And those of you that have tried this, you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, we've got a lot of wonderful dynamics that are going on right here. And I just want to give some context. We're not going to get to all your notes. The ushers have notes for you. I should have not even done notes this service because we're not even going to get to all, all but one thing in the notes. Um, but, uh, and we'll come back just next week. You, just do what you can. Th- thank you, son. <laughs> thank you. I, it's okay. That, that, that's what I'm going to do. give it your best, Dad. That, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> thank you, son. Thank you for your, thank you for your encouragement. Yes, You're sir. speaking into my soul. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Pastor Sheila mentioned to you that I am a reader, and I discovered a long time ago that um, not only are readers leaders, but I discovered when you're not the sharpest knife in the drawer, you need to read a lot. And I've always done that. And, uh, and one of the guys that I studied early, because I, I, I you know, finances, family, leadership, business. Um, uh, I read books in every kind of, of, of really field of study. 
And, uh, and Dr. Lee Salk was one of the guys that I read early. And here's, here's what he said. He said about the family, the ideal family is getting hard to come by. But I do think regardless of what's left of the family, whether it's a father and a son, a mother and child or whatever, you can still have a lot of working together and playing together and teaching basic human values about how to treat people and how to be a good person. That's what it's all about. And I want to just stop right here. I'm going to read a scripture and then we're going to talk for, to you for a minute. But I want to just say this, that, um, you know, when Sheila and I were dating, um, I can remember in 1980, uh, being in my 1978 Thunderbird, forest green with a half white Landau top, eight track tape player with my one eight track Boston. And, uh, and, and I can remember us sitting in that, in that car, uh, having a devotion before we made out. And, uh, and that's honest to God truth. And, uh, and I want to do the spiritual thing first. And it helped, you know, I'd always put Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in between us so that she would not be as tempted. Uh, and, um, that, that part's a lie. And, uh, so, but seriously, um, I can remember having the discussion with her. I said, Hey, I feel like we'll get married someday. We'd been dating at that point, uh, for four years, six years, uh, by not by the time we were sophomores in college out through high school and now halfway through college. And I said, I feel like we'll get married someday. And I said, I feel like and we, we were really having the kid discussion, you know, like, do you want to have kids? And I, I really hadn't decided that I, that I wanted to just have kids. And, um, and I think, I think some people think that way. Like, like, do I want to have kids? Do we want to have kids? And you have to embrace that concept. I think there's a lot of women in particular. I just want to be a mom. Just want to have, I just want to have a baby. I just want to have a family. And, and I think a lot of girls think that then they have a family. I go, Oh my goodness. What was I thinking? Um, but, but regardless of where you are on that pendulum, if I can say it that way, one of the reasons we decided to have a family was for the kingdom. That in the earth that God wants to raise up tribes. Most of us don't think that way, but I'm telling you, that was one of the, 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 the switches that flipped on the inside of me is that I felt like God wanted to reproduce us in the earth for his glory. Not just, oh, let's have a, well, I hope I have a boy and hope he's this, or I hope I have a girl. But God intended for families. In fact, his original intent was that we were created in his image. And then he blessed us to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. And that starts primarily through the family. So God thinks family. So when we decided to have children, we were very intentional about what we would do. And again, I'm not saying that, that, that we're up here saying we, we're, we're perfect in this by any means, but we were very strategic, very intentional about praying with our kids, about having devotions with our kids, about speaking over our children, about having a family mission statement in the middle of our table from the time they were little and talking about what does it mean to not allow the good to be robber of the best, having conversations, having family uh, gatherings, uh, intentionally getting together. And, uh, and so with that said, let me just say this, we're, we're coming from that perspective, not just from the perspective of, hey, look at our family, isn't it great? No, it, it, it hadn't always been great. 
And it's not always great. And it, we, we work very hard, Pastor Sheila and I do, to have a functional marriage rather than a dysfunctional marriage. A, a functional starting with fun. And, and uh, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But, uh, but to have a, a, a marriage that works and a family that works, and now we work together. And in Psalms 128, uh, the Bible says this, how joyful are those who fear the Lord. So that's what it starts with. Like how joyful are those who fear the Lord. Um, let me say it a different way. How much fun there is to be had for those who fear the Lord. Your life can be fun. Your business can be fun. Your marriage can be fun. Your family can be, be fun. But that's exactly the opposite of what the devil wants. He doesn't want it to be fun. And he doesn't want you to have a fun marriage so that you quit your marriage and try to find fun and to not have a fun family, but to have problems and dysfunction. And so how joyful those who fear the Lord, all who follow his ways, you will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful, there it is again, and prosperous you will be. That's a prophecy, everybody put an amen on that. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Your children, by the way, thank you for being a fruitful grapevine. I've never just seen you as a grapevine, but I embrace that and uh, I appreciate that. Uh, your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. Hey, vigorous young olive trees and oak. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but I want you to see what the, what the scripture says. That is the Lord's blessing on those that fear him. The Lord's blessing is that you have a great wife, men, that you have a great husband, ladies, who fears the Lord. The, 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 the Lord's blessing is you don't just go to work, but you enjoy your work. That you have fun at your work. That you do work that's fun for you. That gives you meaning and purpose. The, the, the joy, the fun, the blessing of the Lord is that you're able to be at a table and everybody's growing, grapevines, olive trees, oaks that were growing. The Lord's blessing for those who fear. May the Lord continually bless you from Zion, from heaven, from, from heaven to earth. May you see Jerusalem prosper as long as you live. Talking about the bigger context of a family being the children of Israel. And may you live to enjoy your grandchildren. How about an amen, Pastor Sheila? Amen. So I want to just read you a, or give you a thought that I'm going to read about family, and then we're going to talk. We all need to feel loved and to feel important in life by at least one other person. Every person in this room, regardless of, of you, if you're a single person, regardless of the family that you were born into, there is, there is a God-given desire for you to feel loved and for you to not only feel loved and be loved, but just as strongly as food is for the nourishment and fuel for your body so that you, that you can live, that's how important it is for you to both receive love and to give love. We need to feel acceptance and respect from others for our uniqueness and to draw from that strength and the courage to go on about our business in the world or our, or our living in this world. 
And the one force that can make that happen, I believe, is the family. The one place where it's supposed to happen, where respect and encouragement and love is supposed to happen in it's, it's in the family. And can you understand why the enemy of our soul, the devil himself, would attack marriage so hard? He would attack families so hard. Different opinions where, where children that are growing up. And let me say something to every man that's here. Most of you men, unbeknownst of you, you were sizing yourself up against your father. And then if your father wasn't there, that's a whole nother level of identity crisis. Or if your father wasn't what he was supposed to be. Or if you were abused. You know, so every man, and I want to speak just to the men for a minute, that's part of how you size your own self up. It's like, okay, to decide early, whether you realize it or not, I'm either like him or I'm not like him. So if I'm not like him and he's my father, if I can't be like him, if, if I don't want to be like him, then who am I supposed to be? So again, you, you see why we're in the situation we're in in the world. Uh, 72% of African-American babies are born to a single mother. 59% of Hispanic babies are born to a single mother. 29% of white babies are born to a single mother today in our world today. And so there is no, if, if you're a boy, if you're, if you were born as a boy, there, there is no, there's no like, where, what's, how am I? How am I supposed to be as a man? How am I supposed to act as a man? So then if the, if the man is there, that's a whole nother level of, okay, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Is this something I can learn from? I certainly can learn from both the good and the bad, but then as a father, can I be intentional to say, hey, I'm gonna live my life in such a way that I actually have something to pass on to my sons and they can be more successful and more productive than I am. So, so again, the thought process is the force of the family is where this can happen. And by the way, if it doesn't happen in your family of origin, guess what church is? A place where it can happen in Jesus' name, where you can find a father voice, where you can find a mother voice, where you can find families that, that are, yes, all of us have problems and issues and dysfunctional things about our lives and things that don't work and, and, and families that are fragmented but when you come to the house of God, guess what you're, what you're really doing? You're gathering together as a family based on the word of God, the fear and honor of the Lord to say, God, we wanna do it your way. Like teach us your way, show us your path. So the family is by far the most fundamental institution, not that we have in the earth, but that we require. Like the family, the, the, the fundamental family is actually what's required for us to be healthy. Healthy human beings and contributors in society and, and that we actually make the world a better place. That needs to happen in the family. That's the force of the family. So a functioning family is where we learn to love, we learn to discover who we are both and develop both our gifts and the boundaries of how we make us work functionally in the world. A functioning family provides the individual with the recognition of value and achievements that enhance self-worth. When a baby sees a parent smile, she feels love. Did you know that one of the greatest things that you can do for the self-confidence of your kids all the way up, even now, my adult children, is to smile at them. In fact, part of the way your children directly feel about themselves is by what they see on your face. And yet we're unaware. 
We're just living our life. We're just, you know, we're kind of head down, butt up. We got stuff on our mind. We don't even know the look on our face. And yet your children very early in life, the look on your face determines how they feel about themselves. And so just a smile is one of the most powerful things for building the self-confidence of your children. Not always looking at them with, and giving direction and not always looking at them with a correction face or not always looking at them with an angry face or not, not, not seeing them because you're so busy. What do your children see when they look in your face? Do they see you thinking about your job, how you're going to make it, how you, what do they see that unbeknownst to them is giving them emotional cues of being healthy or unhealthy? When a child hears the sweet sound of encouragement, because that's what encouragement is. Encouragement literally means to speak strength into. When a child hears the sweet sound of encouragement, he feels confidence. When a child gets recognition for both small and big accomplishments, she has a sense of self-worth that will forever empower her to bring more worth to whoever and whatever she's involved with and in. Family constitutes potentially the greatest support, potentially, the greatest support and resource system for any one of us, not only to succeed in life, it's not the schools, It's not the education, it's not my talents and my gifts, it's my family that is the greatest, has the greatest potential to be the support and resource system for me to succeed in life. It is the precursive template, and this is a big deal, this is what we're gonna talk a little bit about today, for fun and meaningful purpose in life. So the family, whatever family you grew up in, whatever family you've created when you got married, whatever family that dynamics that you got going on right now are the precursor to your own personal fun slash joy and meaningful purpose. Well, I think a lot of times in our families, because as moms and dads, especially when your kids are little, we can be so serious. We feel yeah. like we're the CEO. We're like, we're, we're handling and managing these children that we want to grow up to be mature, healthy adults. So in that, we can take information, even that maybe you hear us sitting at the table talking about, we can take this information and it gets to be so serious that like you said, we don't smile. We feel so much pressure to just take care of their basic needs or just to discipline them and be healthy and discipline them that we get so serious in how we are as parents that we really don't learn those lessons until we become grandparents. That we go, why were we so serious? Why did we not just let that go? Do you ever see people even in the grocery store and they're so serious with their kids? They're just, stand right here. And I've never done that, have I? That's a joke. When they Thank were, you for not lying to When they to were you. little, it's like, she, she ain't going to say anything. She goes, not sure what the answer <laughs> should be. But you know, like how we can just like stand right here by the cart, get over here. Just, just, you know, wanting them to obey, got to hurry and get out of the store or whatever that is that 
I've tried to help even Whitney with her little ones to go, like, is that really a big deal? Like, Layla's sitting on the floor, like, or she's playing with the tags, like, or is, isn't that, that's okay, isn't it? Is it, after, she's like, oh, well, I guess so, <laughs> I guess it's okay. So she's, she's thought more even in these years than to say, what would my mom do or what would she say? Is it really a big deal? Because we do make such big deals about things that are really not big deals. That are basically, Sheila, our preferences, not what's best. And being aware, even when you're walking your kid into a store, okay, you just want to get in there, get it done. Just, but they're every, every, you are the person they're watching. Like they're what? It's a teenager. It didn't, I'm just telling you. Yeah, their friends have some influence, but nobody will ever have the influence on your kids that you will. And so it's just understanding that and, and owning that. So, so uh, I wanna just jump into this. We're only gonna get to one thing actually that's on the notes because, um, because really the fundamental family and, and fun, the joyful family, the, the family that has the joy of the Lord. Josh, what does the Bible say about that? Oh, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And uh, I think a lot of us, we go through life and we can be so serious about everything. Like, like my mom was saying, we can be serious about, you know, it's just easier if you go in a store and you just let someone else handle your kids anyway. Just <laughs> someone will, like at the restaurant. Your child isn't him, walking yet. Let him, the other night we were in a restaurant and Libby was just over there playing with some other family. And it was, <laughs> hopefully it was fine for them because it was fine for us. They said it was, so I took it. They I'm just said, kidding. We have kids. I'm just kidding. I don't. I just don't do that. That's that probably, just happened. That's is why the I'm way saying to that. annoy everyone with your kids. Don't do that. Um, but sometimes we can be overly concerned about and overly considerate about stuff like that. I know that's something for me and Courtney that we're going to have to fight through with, like our kids, because we're not loud people. Like my whole family, all of them, they're loud. My mom's not as loud, but they're like we go. And we're, you know, we go do stuff together. There's like 15 conversations happening. Just sitting in the room is wearing me out. Like, it's like, I'm not even in the talk, but we're just all over the place. And the kids are doing whatever they're doing and the, the you know, whatever, all over the, you know, it's just, and some people, they don't have a, like, they just don't know what the volume they should have when they're two feet away from you. You don't have to be at an eight right now. I'm right here. <laughs> I don't have hearing issues yet, but you're gonna help me, you know, get those. Uh, so anyway, I well, I told this story, I'll just go ahead since, since we're feeling it together now as a family. Um, I told this story last service that, that one time we'd driven to Florida and we were driving back and my dad loves his favorite, it's not a station anymore, is it? The love station on Sirius XM? It goes XM. in and out. Okay, so anyway, Number there's a station. 17 on Sirius XM. There's a station on Sirius XM. They play only like love songs pretty much from the 70s and 80s. And for 13 hours driving back from Florida one time, my dad sang every song that came on, knew it, sang it. We get it loud, like not like just singing, driving. It's like I'm sitting there in the front seat like, man, I can't put my I want to know what yeah. love is. I, I want you to show <laughs> like, me. I want to feel what love is. You know, that kind of stuff. So, so see how I'm talking? And that happens. Girl. Then you just. Tell me only this that I have your heart. So. For always and 
This is normal, by the way. Won't you by my side? We could be in the middle of a conversation and this is going to happen. So, so we drive back. We're about an hour away from Dallas. And my dad goes, man, my throat is just hurting. I don't know what happened. So it might be the 13 hours straight of singing at about a nine volume. That's, I know I'm tired of it. I don't know if you're, <laughs> don't know if you're tired. <laughs> so anyway, I think, I think that, in like, like back to what I was saying, and me and Courtney, it's like we're very, we're very aware of the noises that Charlie makes because we don't want to bother everyone. Kind of truthfully because it bothers us, the noises that she makes. It's like, oh, man, she just screamed. What was that about? Um, but so many times I think as parents, and not just as parents, just as people, we can be not concerned with having fun. We can be concerned with everything else. And, and uh, even in our family, we, we, have, we have and have had conversations about leadership and principles and different kinds of things. But a lot of those conversations, like the last conversation that we had that my dad said was five hours long, that, would, that conversation, the whole core of that conversation was, let's just enjoy each other. Let's work hard to enjoy being around each other. Not, not talking about a principle for the sake of talking about a principle, but talking about a principle so that our relationship can be better and so that we can actually enjoy being in each other's presence. So the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength, which means that you're supposed to be happy. God wants you to have fun. God wants you to enjoy your life. Now, happiness is defined based on the individual, so sometimes we've got to lower our expectations a little bit. But I can go through my life and I can enjoy my life. And as I enjoy my life, that gives me strength because that's what, that's what God wants for me to have. So it's important for you to define what's fun for you. Okay, so, so stop just a second, Josh, because that's the scripture. Again, how joyful are those who fear the Lord? How, how much fun do they have who learn to honor the Lord in their life and follow his ways? You will have fun even in your labor how fun and prosperous you will be. It goes on, it's the Lord's blessing is with those who fear him and he gives you fun. And so here's what I want you to understand. The reason we're talking about, about family fun, dementals, so that you will have fun so you won't be demental. I mean, so that in your family, you learn to ha operate by the joy of the Lord. So that's that what, what kind of in the last service, and I wanna go down this road for just a second, is I asked my family, what's fun for you? Like, what's fun for you? We had, a, Pastor Sheila and I have a pastor friend who was having some depression issues. And so he went to the doctor and the doctor said, um, what do you do for fun? He goes, work. He goes, no, what do you do for fun? He said, you need to find something fun every day and do it. And our friend said to the doctor, well, what is fun? You know what can happen in your life is that marriage cannot be fun because of the problems. Business isn't fun because of the problems. Family's not fun because of the problems. And yet God says, I'm gonna bless you with fun now I'm prophesying over everybody, fun and prosperity. I'm gonna bless you with fun. How many of you could use a little bit more fun in your life and prosperity that goes with it? But you have to honor the Lord and watch this. You have to know what's fun for you. 
Now listen, if you're going to have great relationships in your marriage and with your family, sometimes you're gonna have to have fun by doing what's fun for them that's not fun for you, but your fun is they're having fun. So Keila, with that said, what's fun for you? Um, I like really lighthearted, playful, spontaneous, just go with it type moments. That's what I think is really fun. Yeah, so you just like, you, you, you don't like heaviness. Yeah, sometimes like watching them be spontaneous with other people is fun to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you, or mom. You yeah, them, them really means Whitney. Whitney's like always been Keila's like, hey, go to say that, go, like, go say something random to that person. It would person. be fun for me if you'd go over here and do this. <laughs> Go pretend like that kid's your kid and take it from its parents. It's like, oh my word, I've never done that. It's like, never, never. I have no. to be in a certain mood. Okay, so Sheila, what's, what's fun well, for you? Well, he didn't let me give this answer in the first service. Oh, I'm I didn't? Give, I'm oh, sorry. It again. I guess I need to apologize. You made, no, you made me change it. But I'm going to say it and then I'm going to add to it. That's not fun for you. This other thing is fun. So what is fun for me because it says in First Timothy that God has given everything for our enjoyment. Yes. Everything. Yes. So God has given me my family for my enjoyment, for me to have fun. So when we're together as a family, that's fun for me. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It's fun. Another thing, because you didn't want me to just say that. You want me to say something particular. That so, was a oh, very but, no, because, but, but, but listen, your family's not always around. So what's fun for you? I'm not having as much fun if they're not around. So I was... <laughs> I like when we're together because you are so much fun. And so you just always bring just your spontaneity. You just never know how you're going to embarrass us or, you know, that we're just like, whoa, he's so free. I, just, I love that. We just were recently in a movie. They were speaking a different language, and he decided he spoke the language louder than the movie. <laughs> yes. So it, he shocks us a lot of times by the way that he is, his unique personality. Like we're and driving the, down the road. And there's people that are biking, like in the other this lane. Week, this week, he honks this week. at the people and waves at them. They're, they're, they're biking next to him. He's honking at his horn. <laughs> it's fun. It's a lot. I would never think to do that. And I, it would, if I was on the bike, it'd probably be like, right. what in the heck? What? I'm just trying to ride my bike. But right one now. of the anyway. things is fun for me is I love cooking for my family, because you know what? Awesome. They love food. And so that makes it fun for me. I enjoy it. Some, sometimes you guys have not thought that, but I love getting up in the morning. And if they ever come over or we're on vacation, they usually like for me to cook. They've got their special meals. Well, that is fun for me that they enjoy that, that they express that. And they like spaghetti or they like their certain dishes or they like me to make a certain type of breakfast. And then they sit there and enjoy it. The fact that they enjoy it makes it fun. Such a servant. That's Listen true. Listen to that. That's so great. <laughs> I don't like to cook, but I, <laughs> what's fun for me is food. A hundred percent, like I, even for my favorite kind of food, if you want to know, is cheeseburgers and if, cheese fries. If you want to know, just like, If you just want to know, like, give me a gift card. I'm just kidding. Don't give me anything. I'm joking. But, um, so like even at my wedding, they were like, okay, what do you want to do for the meal when I'm meeting with the reception people? And they're like like chicken or steak. I'm like, can we do a cheeseburger? Like, is that a thing? And when I, I got married eight years ago, so now everybody does all this special stuff. Yeah, but when cool. I got married, it was not like that. And, and so they're like, well, we don't really do that. I'm like, can you just put a flower on the plate and a cheeseburger? 
and some fries, that ranch, make sure there's ranch people to dip in. So, so my fun is food. Oh my God. Over to you. Over to me. What's fun I, for you, say? Like my internal saying to myself is minimum effort equals maximum smile. So, so what's fun for me is not doing anything difficult. Like I have a friend who, I have a friend last year that for their birthday, they wanted to go do a Spartan race. It's like, I don't need to check that box, man. Like you got y'all for my birthday. I'm going to go. The right answer is whatever Courtney says is fun is fun. I'm working on that. I thought we got past the half marathon thing already, you know, because I ran it. And if you, you know, you might have heard me tell that story. You might not have. It was awful. It was horrible. It was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, that she wanted you to run a half marathon. So she wanted me as her dream to run a half marathon with me, right? So I like, yes, okay, we're going to do it one time. It's going to be great. Be awesome. Last year, year two, I, I don't know, however long. It feels like yesterday, but it wasn't. We go, she's pregnant, we're gonna go run this half marathon. She wakes up on the morning of the half marathon, she's sick. So I'm like, I, I go run the half marathon by myself. Well, I think, okay, we're good. We did it, dream, dream came true, thumbs up. You got to sleep, I had to run, but it's fine. This week, okay, we're having a conversation. And uh, I go, what are, your, you know, what, are you, what are your dreams? Like it was her birthday yesterday, and so happy birthday. So you're talking about what does Courtney, you know, what does she want for her birthday? What does she want like in her life? What are like trips she wants to go on? Things like that. And she says, I really want us to run a half marathon together. <laughs> are you ready? Oh man. So, so that is um, the worst thing that anyone could ever have me do is a lot of work for fun. Like going to the lake. Some people love going to the lake. It is like their thing to go out and be in the sun, get on a sea dew. He's a, talking about me. This is, this, you don't understand. This no, is like, I like, I have a boat. We live I have sea dews. Yeah. We don't ever use them. We live in a community. The reason we don't ever use them is because of me. Because it's because I say, hey, let's go out. Let's go out and uh, get, go to the lake. Well, I got to clean them off. We got to get it. We got to go. You go, you go hook the freaking boat up, you drive it out there. You're up in the morning. You go and you got to back it up. Right. This is all the stuff in my mind that I think about. We're going to go have fun. We're going to the lake. You back the boat into the lake, pull it out. You park the trailer. You go get in the boat Then you go have fun. You wear yourself out and okay, let's load the boat up and let's go wash it. Let's go get it ready for the next time that we use it. So to have two hours of fun is four hours of work. It doesn't make any sense to me. So thank you. Uh, my, my, my having fun uh, for me is just nothing. We don't have to do anything. No work, just no contribution to society today. Just, just, let's just like there are times I'm, I'm 31 years old. Okay. And there are times where Courtney will come into the room at 2 PM on, on my, on our day off. She'll go, Hey, are you, are you going to get out of bed today? Or like, I don't know. I'm just having fun. I've watched, watched like six hours of Netflix shows. It's been really great so far. Still dark in the room. So food and that are not the best combination, but they're really fun for me. Well, and I think it's, here, here's my point. Your fun might not be their fun, but you can still have fun together. So if I ever want to hang out with Josh, I just kind of dial it down. Minimum a little bit. effort, maximum smile. 
What's that? Minimum effort, maximum smile. So let's just do nothing. Yes. Together. No, I get it. <laughs> there, there, there was one time we were together. It was, we were taking a little summer break. And so we were laying on this big, long couch. And he's, Josh is a voracious reader. So he's got his, his uh, iPad and he's reading. And so I thought in my mind, I'm, I'm not going to say anything to him, and I'm going to see how long that we don't talk. <laughs> this is my son. We're laying on the same couch. I'm just at this end. He's at that end. One hour passed. Two hours passed. Three hours passed. Four hours passed. Five hours passed. Six hours passed. And then he goes, hey, Dad. How you doing? I go, great. He goes, he goes, Okay. <laughs> I was like, this is fun. Okay. You know, Sheila, what you have to learn is to have fun with other, like have, our joy as parents is seeing our children or the people that we love having fun. Uh, I, I have a motorcycle and I have a trike, which is another type of motorcycle that I don't drive the trike. I bought the trike for my friends to be able to ride a motorcycle with me. Because the excuse was, oh, I don't have a motorcycle to go ride with you. Yeah, so, so you bought okay, I'll buy you a motorcycle. And I, so you're gonna, but you're not gonna die on my watch, so I'm gonna get you a three-wheeler. So you're, but we're gonna go have fun my way. Regrets, I've had a few. Anyway, okay, so, so, so all of this to say, all of this to say, God wants you to have fun. And family fun, dementals, begin with this. And then Whitney, I want you to say a little something and we're gonna be through. And it's in your notes here and I'm just gonna give you one thing. We've already gone too long. Josh is gonna just give me the business for this. McKinney, are you hanging in there? Yes, we they know are. Give there. McKinney a big we hand. Thank you, you, McKinney. We're thinking of you. The fundamental family is a tribal unit where we learn to love. And can I just tell you this? Where there's not love, there's not fun. Would everybody agree with that? So our family is the primary tribe. It's the unit where we're supposed to learn what being loved feels like and what giving love feels like. So I wanna leave you today just with that thought as it relates to your family. What kind of in your tribe are the people in your tribe feeling loved? And are you giving and receiving love? So Whitney. So I remember when me and my sister were in high school and just as different as our hair color and skin color is everything else, we are total opposites. And when we were sitting, we were sitting on the counters, we we're in a huge fight. My mom's standing there to kind of mediate, but they always wanted us to work out our conflict in a healthy way. So they were there to make sure it was healthy, but we were fighting. And, and me and her both just told my mom, we're like, we don't want to be friends anymore. Like we're done. Like we know we're sisters and that part we had no choice in, but we're not going to be friends anymore. And I'm, you know, the one who's always like, you're hurting my feelings. And she's like, you're oversensitive. And it's like this back and forth, which still we work through this. And even though we've matured, hopefully. Um, but, but my mom, so my mom said, you know what? 
she has an identical twin sister. Their relationship wasn't as hard as us, but something that she learned was that this relationship can either be draining and a have to, or it can be the most rewarding, fulfilling, wonderful relationship. And that's up to us on what that looks like, but we have to choose that for each other. They can't, as our parents make us choose that, we have to choose that for each other. And that this relationship with my brother and my sister is preparation for what our marriages will look like. Because just like my dad said, I think a lot of times, you know, especially as, as women, we go, oh, I just want, can't wait to get married and I'm gonna have babies and it's just gonna be wonderful and it's gonna be like a movie. And then we get married and we're like, man, this is hard, this is really tough. And, and I, know, I know for me, I feel like my parents saying, and my mom saying that to me that day, brought this realization to me is like, okay, this is not gonna be easy. And my parents, they fought in front of us sometimes to show us how to work out healthy conflict. And we always saw their relationship better than it was before the fight started. And so with me and my sister, it was like, okay, we're gonna have to work at this every single day, but we wanna choose each other. We wanna choose to have great friendships. And you know, I think that one of the things that my dad always says, and you've heard him say it before, is to be a great lover, you have to be a great apologizer and a great forgiver. And I know for me, once I forgive somebody, it's like, I mean, really, like 10 minutes, I'm like, all right, like, we're gonna go hang out, are we good? Like, I'm good, right, we're good. And Keila, it's always taken her a little bit longer, so she'd be like, are you even real right now? Now you're back in my room, like you're wanting to hang out. And I'm like, I know, cause like, we're good, like we worked it out, like we're friends now. And, um, and so that dynamic was always different too. Yeah, so, let's, so let's talk about that for just a second because um, Keila, why is that? Why is it hard for you? Why is it hard for you to get over stuff? Uh, and before she answers that, what I want you to understand is as parents, okay, our job is to help our children, first of all, by self-leading ourselves to work through our issues. But our job is to, here's what I know. The same thing that's, that right now that they're dealing with in our family are gonna be the same things if they don't learn to resolve it that they're gonna be dealing with in their family. You can't just say, well, they just couldn't get along or, well, they just, they're just different, they're different personalities. The same things that they struggle with when they were growing up are the same things that they're gonna struggle with in their marriage. So that was the lens in which we viewed it. That's why we were so intentional about striving to help them work through stuff because it wasn't about them. It was about her and it was about her. And then she's gonna have a him and she's gonna have a him and whatever her and her couldn't work out and decided we didn't be friends in the future, oh, I can't work it out with him either. We can't be friends, we're done. So that's what we've got to understand about families. The, the big deal about families, it, it, it is the tribal unit where we learn love. We learn not only how to give and receive love, but we learn to love, to work love out. So again, just a perspective. And she's, I'm asking her to be vulnerable in front of you. Why is that a problem for you? Why do you, why do you hold things? There's a couple different reasons, but um, I would start off by just saying I'm a really deep person. So I care deeply, I'm really faithful and loyal, so whenever I get hurt, it also goes deep. So just like my love is deep, 
my hurt goes deep. And I think for me, the number one reason why even growing up and still today, I struggled with forgiving quickly and getting over things quickly is because I actually really care about the person and I really care deeply about what's happening and I don't want to be fake. So whenever I would ask her, like, how are you already over that? Like, I feel like it's so fake or like now we're just friends. Like, I'm not good yet. Like, I love you, but I'm not good yet. And I didn't want to be like, I forgive you. And then be like, "Mm -hmm," and do like that, you know. So let me stop you out here and say, this is, the, and, and really, guys, really hear this. This is why negative people who choose to be negative, by the way, when they look at positive people who choose to be positive, they despise it. Because they say in their mind, that's not real, that's fake. Nobody could be that happy. Nobody could act that way. No, it's a choice. It's a choice. Now, there's different personalities that are going on here, but think about the, the beauty of what she's saying. What's causing not their initial conflict, but watch this, their ongoing conflict is that she's saying she cares so much. But if she cares so much, why didn't she get over it? Because you're making the opposite happen because you say you care so much. Is anybody getting this? Okay. Well, so. and so what I'll tell you is even as I've gotten older and even more recently in my life, um, I've realized, and I'm still trying, honestly, like to, to get better at this, because it's just not something I'm good at. And I don't know if anybody else can like relate to that, but it's, it's just difficult for me sometimes to get over things. And it's not because I don't love the person, but what I've realized is in moments like that, I'm choosing to invest in or to hold on to my hurt more than I invest in the relationship or, the, or loving that person. And so like for me, it's been, a, it's been a very difficult thing to overcome in my life. And I know that like uh, in the physical, there's, a part, there's different parts of your brain. So even though I don't get offended as easily, for me, like I understand that the emotional center and the start of your brain is in the front. So you feel first and then everything else comes after that. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to really deeply learn in my life because I care and I, I want to be better at, because we all have weaknesses. My weakness is, more easy to display in this scenario. But like for me, what I'm realizing well, no, is... Well, it's not. It's not more easy because here's the problem. If, if her weakness is being able to get over things, what was Whitney's weakness? That she got offended easily. So she gets offended easy. And that's, that's something if she hadn't matured and doesn't continue to work on that, she's going to get offended easy with her husband. She doesn't get offended easy with her boss. She's, in other words, it can seem like this is the weakness, but it all started when she got offended. So you can see that in a marriage. It's like, it's like what we're upset about right now is not even about the thing. Is everybody getting this? So it's like, it's like, it's like understanding this as it relates to if she can't get over stuff, she's getting offended too quick, which is the, I mean, the prescription for dynamite. This, this makes this not work because you choose to get easily offended. By the way, if you want to measure somebody's spiritual maturity, it's one way. What does it take to offend you? Not how much Bible you read, not how, how many worships, not how long you've been a Christian. What does it take to offend you? And if you're still getting offended today by the same things that you got offended 10 years ago, you hadn't grown in 10 years. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. So, so what I'm, 
I'm striving to become mature in and aware of in my personal life, is, even this, in this season that stems back all the way from when I was little and growing up, because who you are is who you are, right? Yeah. And different things that you experience in life build on that or take away from that, whatever. What I'm learning in my life is that I can actually choose, because my dad's always taught us, don't, don't um, feel your way into an action, act your way into a feeling. And that's a very difficult thing. Like we say that and it's easy to say, but it's very hard to do in a moment, especially if you are a deep feeler and you, you're a deep carer about people and yourself. And, and so I think for me, what I'm trying to learn is be led by God more than I'm led by my feelings and understand that it's, if it's easy for me and if it comes natural to me, it's not being led by God because that's my flesh ruling instead of my spirit ruling. And so having the awareness I, in a moment to go, my love for you is more important than how you hurt me. And I'm gonna respond out of my love for you, not out of my hurt. And that's what I've been trying to work on in my life is because we can know like at the, like on the back end, wow, I could have responded better. But the, the maturity part I think is having the awareness to act in the moment and actually change the moment. And that's what I'm working on because we both have responsibility in different moments in our life, like together. But if she, if on her end, she wouldn't get offended easily, we wouldn't go there. But then if we do go there, I have obviously the responsibility then to do my part right and not just put the onus on her. So I think for me in my life, it, it flows through in every area of my life, this issue. It's not just like, oh, it's just with me and my sister. It's with me and my dad. It's with me and my mom, with me and my brother, with me and different people in my life, with me and my husband. I'm realizing this is something that is holding me back in, in my life even that I go, okay, this started when I was younger, but I'm still not proficient in this and I need to continually work on it. And I think the awareness of going, okay, I'm choosing my hurt or my unforgiveness or my pain over moving forward, over me moving forward, over us moving forward, over choosing like, like God's way. Like I, I'm choosing these negative things in my life that actually contribute to nothing that I want. And I'm going to instead exchange that, even though it's difficult in the moment, I'm gonna get the outcome that I want in the long run if I actually just do this in the moment, which will be a short-term hurt instead of choosing the long-term hurt that has no end result that's positive. So I think for me, you know, in the Bible, it says that love leads people to repentance. I think in my family and even in my relationships and in my life, the thing that I've realized is that because God loves me, because of what God's done for me and how Jesus gave himself, I can, and he's forgiven us, I can do that for other people because it's the love that drives me. It's the love in our relationship that wants me to be made right with her. It's the love between me and God that wants me to be made right with him. It's love with me and my husband that I want to be right with him, but I have to choose that over my initial feeling in, in the moment, in my, in my brain and whatever it is that I have to work through and mature so that I can have the outcome, the fun that I want. Cause if I'm having issues, you can't have fun. It can't be lighthearted. So. And that's the enemy's goal. The enemy's goal. The enemy's goal is watch this now is to mess up your fun. Because your fun is your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So I want to pray over you. And here's what I want to say. Next week is going to be amazing. Don't miss it. Invite somebody to come. Take your invited card. Invite somebody to come. But here's what I want to say. Some of you right now, you're just, you're just going through some stuff. And as our family stands, guys, come up here by me if you don't mind. If, as our family stands up here together, I want to tell you, it's not easy. It's not easy to stand together on this stage. It's not easy for this to really be real. 
We're not trying to project something to you that we're better than you or that we've all got it together. No, we're up here to say to you, we're fighting for this thing. You fight for this thing. Let's fight for this thing. God wants this thing. And, and in this house, at, at Elevate Life Church, Elevate Life Family, our goal is to have great relationships for the glory of God. That's our goal. So I want you to bow your heads just for a second. And first of all, if you're here or if you're in McKinney and you're just going through it right now, whether it's a family deal or just something going on in your life, here's what I want to tell you. God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're facing. And while this may seem like it's about a family unit, it's about the family of God. And guess what? There's one thing we can always do no matter what happens. And that is we can always choose to love. I choose to love. You see, God chose to love you when you didn't deserve it. He chose to give himself to die on a cross when I didn't deserve it. He chose love over unforgiveness. He chose love over my sin against him. He chose love and it's a template. It's not just, oh, Jesus did that, but I'm not Jesus. No, we're, Jesus is our brother. He's our savior, but he's our brother. God's our father. And he came from heaven to earth to show us the way of God. So I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but here's what I can tell you. The greatest power that you have is your power to choose. Your power to choose. So the first choice is if you're not a part of God's family and you say, you know what? I, I wanna open up my heart and my mind to be a part of God's family. I, I, I wanna choose that. Let me tell you what you're choosing. You're choosing God's way over your own. And if you're just tired of your own way, tired of trying to make your marriage work, your family work, your life work, your own way, and you say, I just, I really, I, I, want, I want God's way in my life. And that's not happening right now. Whether you're in McKinney or whether you're right here, when I count to three, I want you just to slip your hand and say, I want God's way, not my way. And I want you to pray for me. If that's you, on the count of three, slip your hand. One, two, three. Come on, all across this place, yes. Hundreds of hands, hundreds of people raising their hands right now. Let's pray. You can put your hands down. Father, I thank you for every person that's watching in McKinney right now. They're more than just watching. They're a part of this family. And I just speak encouragement. I speak for every person here right now, for every person that will watch this on Facebook later, on YouTube later, on any kind of social media later. I pray that as they listen to this, God, that you know no time nor space. Your truth is not only inevitable, it's not only indisputable, it's not only infallible, but it's to infinity and beyond. So right now, regardless of where we are in terms of proximity or space or even time, I thank you that your word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God, you give us the power to choose. You chose us. Why don't you just say out loud right now, thank you. Everybody just say thank you. Thank you, God, for choosing us. And now we choose you. Everybody just say in your own heart, just say, I choose you, God. I choose you, God. Now let's pray this prayer together. Just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. And from this day forward, help me to be the person you've created me to be. I want to be a part of your family. Thank you for loving me, for accepting me, 
for forgiving my sins. Today I choose in Jesus' name, amen. Let me give you some great news. Here's the great news. The great news, again, second time, your power to choose. Choose today to love. Choose today to forgive. Choose today to move forward. Choose today to smile. Choose today to be happy. Choose today to have fun. Choose today for today to be any way that you want it to be. And I just hope you'll choose fun. You'll choose joy. You'll choose God in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint, and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.